Hello, and welcome to Chasing Squirrels Podcast. This episode, we get to talk with Will Gourley. Will is a very connected teacher within my school board. He teaches at the elementary level. And I think before the conversation this evening, he was probably he was probably not aware that I have him smack dab in my top five mentor list. This past school year has been a pretty straight up in the air year of development for me and reaching out with my Twitter feed and posting on my blog and really following uh, a few people in the Twitter sphere and other individuals that are posting and connecting and creating some pretty great projects. So Will, I've anecdotally included on a short list that I've called the master class. And I'll tell you, talking to him this evening, the man is deep. He's got a lot, a lot, a lot going on. And I'm pretty happy that he was able to spend the time that he did with me. So, without any more delay, here's my conversation with Will Gurley. And I tell you, you're really going to dig this one. The dude is just so great to talk to. Good evening, my name is Will Gorley, and I am an educator in the beautiful city of Markham, Ontario, Canada. I teach grade six, and I am a digital literacy lead teacher and tech guy at Beckett Farm Public School. I'm also one of 100 TED-Ed innovative educators that uh, serve and promote the TED-Ed organization as a volunteer and work with clubs uh, or teachers and schools and students on developing student voice, presentation literacy, and spreading the message of uh, the TED-Ed uh, platform and TED-Ed clubs to get students to do their own TED Talks. So it's a pleasure to be here with you, Chris. It's nice to uh, be in your telepresence. <laughs> um, it's funny. I, I, it, so I've been following you, connecting with you for a while, You know, reading your tweets, watching uh been at your presentations i know of the stuff that you do and then i listen to how fluidly you move through your self bio there and i just i i just shake my head i really do i shake my head and i know before i hit the record we're talking about managing life and uh sort of the digital and actual life and i'm just i'm mind blown that you have all that stuff going on just in general and you strike me as a fairly balanced fella well, uh, I'm glad it comes across that way. I'm sure on the inside, I'm pretty frenetic most days. And people always say that, well, we see one side of you, but uh, we never get to see the other. And that's good. My uh, poor wife, I have to thank her for having the, the guts and the um, the fortitude to be able to put up with my quiet, I don't want to be around people side. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Um, uh, that uh, and that maybe there's something I could do to improve that so I can be more of a um, more level I guess uh, as I go along. <laughs> well, it's it's the level if that's a, if that's a personal goal, sure. But here's here's something that I'll say from the outside and watching. I've I've also sort of lurked around you as well. I've been at sort of like public events where I see people connecting with you, and in observing that. That energy that you carry, whether it's fren frenetic or whatever, you, however you want to sort of like label it, I can see that people are drawn to you. I can see that they they want to be a part of what you're talking about. You engage well. You 
Like I, I, I see you and I think I want to go up and give the guy a hug. Like, but I'm like, oh no, 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 no that's not. So yeah, that's play it cool, Clough. Play it cool, Clough. But I see that anytime, Chris. Anytime. I'm a hugger. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's funny about sometimes that energy. It's I think it's easy. It's easy to um, sometimes model these personal professional relationships with our colleagues on the sort of slightly safer model that we use with our students. And I actually do. Mm. I have quite a few colleagues that when I see them, I want to walk up and throw a hug on them. Part of it because I know how hard they work. The other part is because I have deep respect. The other part because I feel like I have connection. So it's, it's, it's great to see because I can see you bring joy to teachers and and the colleagues that I've seen you interact with. So kudos to you for that. And I and I know for a fact that you're known for this this part of your character. You're known for being hey. that guy. Are we still there? Oh, I lost your sound. I love. I can edit this out. Put something on the chat line if you're still there. So, can you hear me? Hey, Chris. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. Yeah, I'll, I'll work we're back. back. We're back from commercial <laughs> break. So, um, yeah, the, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that between the break and now that I got that little piece in around the importance of recognizing that it's okay to have a positive, connected adult relationship with our colleagues. Absolutely. And, that, and going in with that energy, I think, raises raises the possibility of sharing and that sort of deeper respect of wanting to collaborate. And it also, I think, honors the fact that all of us are really doing a lot of work. And and I've felt that a little bit of the cold shoulder in the past where I, when I didn't have that connection with another teacher and I felt like I really wanted it. So mm-hmm. back to the original compliment, I, nice. can, <laughs> I can see... To, I can see that that's what you you bring to the table in your professional relationships. And well, you're, go ahead. Well, I think about the people that have been met that have mattered to me throughout my time at the at the board. Um, you know, whether they were administrators or or like my 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 best friend or or as, as I joked one time to when I was just a brand new teacher, I had a teacher that was always helping me and reminding me stuff. I just I just ended up calling her my work wife to mm-hmm. just say, you know, keep me keep me. Uh, and she was so helpful and kind and and um, and, you know, it was just that kind of person who understood that. There was something more than just what they were doing to help a a new teacher. And I've taken that so to heart uh, when I am in the staff room or when I am. when I welcome a student teacher into our classroom and and or an OT into our school, I, I just think that we have to create this warm and welcoming environment for every person that walks through that door. That's whether it's a student, whether it's a a parent, or it's a it's a visiting teacher, or so. There shouldn't be anyone that gets doesn't get noticed or recognized or acknowledged. I, I guess that's the the combo of all three. I agree, and and sort of going there. Going there, I can see how that threads into some of the stuff that. Put it this way: you don't get you don't get to start connecting with, let's say, what would be considered at least a uh, a North American PLN, unless you have 
the soft skills, the people skills. Mm. It's I've I've met the people online that they are great. Like here's a spreadsheet idea, but the sort of the connectivity afterwards where you're looking to close the connection with maybe something more than 140 characters mm-hmm. and you realize that they've moved on. So mm-hmm. I think that whatever whatever it is in your spirit or the, the soul of the teacher and or just you and your character, it is no wonder to me that you have a bio like you do because it goes beyond because I feel like it does reach beyond your school. It obviously resonates within our board because I know of you, not because of the work that you do at your school. I, I didn't know that I didn't even know what school you were at in my <laughs> board until recently when I lurked you and it was like, oh, Becca, you know, I know where you are. Fine. I couldn't find you. But I'm just pointing out like there's more to you that I think makes sense that when you meet you in person, your your dualism as far as what you are in real life matches what I've experienced digitally. Well, that's very kind of you to say, Chris. Uh, it's a humbling. It's humbling to be noticed that way. And I, I just want to keep my head down and, and make sure I'm serving. Uh, you know, like, um, again, I'll bring back to the people that were kind to me. I could go back uh, to, you know, the superintendents like Rashmi Swaroop and, mm-hmm. um, and even uh, – you know, even in conversations with people like Leslie Johnston uh-huh. or um, Ken Thurston, when they would hate have time for for a new teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about guys like Royan and and Ming and and uh, you know and Greg Farrell, you know, people who have been great to me over the years, and Pat Zrian that just you know took time and mentored me, and and then and then you just meet other people that are just so excited about everything like you know you know jim jameson he's he's contagious and we have a great encouraging board right i I could name people all day that have helped me become a better teacher (laughs) no and and i will i concur i am entirely happy with the what i consider we, we speak a lot about student success but i feel like my board has done a great deal to support my teacher's success. And mm-hmm. I feel like I've, I've honored their offering by trying to give back and like you go beyond. Yeah. That, I mean, those ed tech conferences are, are Saturdays that, uh, they are, they're exhausting. Um, but, and then you were sitting there running the show the last time I was at one. <laughs> yeah. I volunteered. It was a great, it was a lot of fun. I got, I, I wanted, I wanted the t-shirt, but I wanted to help out. Yeah. So, it <laughs> well, was cool. and the funny, I don't know if I shared with you what was interesting about that was then it was also when they were setting up. So I volunteered. I said, okay, can I, can I come and help out? I, you know, <laughs> want to be DLRT, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so just sorry, anyone that heard that quick acronym, that's the Digital Literacy Resource Teacher. Resource teacher uh, somebody yeah. that yeah, helps to serve, you know, support digital learning in our board. But um, so when I volunteered, they said, okay, here's a spreadsheet, sign up for a couple of jobs. And I noticed like, there were a few missing and then I get a message from the team like hey do you want to MC?" I'm like wait a second like is this not a role that should be sort of filled from the inside and I end up saying yes and it's funny I've had a lot of cool things uh, experiences this year just by saying yes and that was one of them like just to be able to meet John Elmrode like the keynote and I'd never mm-hmm. met Karen, Karen Friedman before yeah she's when, a uh, lovely lady so cool so cool and that was also where I got to know Jen Giffen who yeah. I had I hadn't met uh, in actual life yet I'd only sort of connected with her online so <laughs> it was a lot of cool stuff that came out of that I went to every one of those ed, uh, those Google summits and ed camps other than the first one and the only reason 
like it was so times were so tight i would just volunteer so i could be there so yeah. i could didn't feel bad about just schmoozing a, so i would just come in and do attendance you know registration i just pull up with beside eugene and jim and and yeah. I, they just thought i was one of the team <laughs> So. It's it's the cool thing though. I, I like I'll be a roadie. Give me a job. Yeah. Give me a job. Let let me drink some of the the coffee from the back, and I will yeah. just, you know, blow the whistle. I'm there. What do you need me to do? <laughs> Doesn't no. have to be even warm. I'll just just no, give me some cold coffee. Drags. Like I said, I've done yeah. the roadie gig, right? Yeah. The um, I I want to go back to I want to go back to can, I want to go way back. Can I go way back for a second? Go ahead. Because I've been reading your your blog for a while, and it's taken me a while to sort of get through. Your, your posts, you you have a, a good number of posts. I want to go back all the way to, I don't know if it's one of your earliest posts. Um, I just, I, I the date is somewhere around December 2nd. And I don't know if that's your Eshu um, Educationalist yep. blog. Is that, was that started around either 2012 or 2014? Uh, I actually had a blog before that called What and Why Are Everything? <laughs> I like that too. That's a good title. <laughs> I'll send you the I'll send you the link to it, Chris, because um I, I that was where I first started blogging was on um on that site. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know where it is at this moment, but I wrote about fifteen or so pieces on there and uh, I might have migrated one or two to SQ Educationalist. Um, but th- I think this blog started uh in twenty fourteen when I started writing for it, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. the the one the one that is December second, which might be one of the either the early ports or one of the earlier ones. There's okay. a line in there that I want to throw back at you now, and I'm curious because, it, friend, a lot can happen in five years, and or you know like three or four years in in a connected teacher's lifetime. I, I mentioned my colleague just at the front end here and talking about how her learning about kind of like educational opportunity just by becoming connected is straight up in the air and she's not stopping like she's become a masterful sketch noter she's connecting with people on twitter asking questions to improve mm-hmm. her her own pedagogy of social work like she's really driving at it so i know in a very short amount of time if you're not using the tools you can get pretty 2.0 fast yeah so you had a quote way back in the day that i think you pulled from um the ingenuity gap okay um, and the I'm trying quote, to look back in this thing and like, I'm trying to look yeah. back at my blog. It's like I can't find. Yeah, it. it was it was from one of the two. I think you had a, you were sort of you were you were talking from a full end book, but you're also using that. But the quote, I think I think you're you're going to connect with it. The quote was never send a changed individual back into an unchanged environment. Oh man, <laughs> I did that. And, <laughs> and and well, it's 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 a pretty powerful it's a pretty powerful comment in relation to current education philosophy i think it's a pretty um accelerated kind of motivator to say what are you what you're doing right now is it enough do you need to kind of grow do you need to reach out and then i Mm. love that dichotomy of it's like that juxtaposition as when you do find the new stuff how do you go back into those environments that are not as new feeling as your knowledge it's it's a funny it's a funny thing to think that um what seems such common sense becomes so un, uncommon and i hate to use that like that, that cliche chris it it just it baffles me that 
you can't go and interact with a human being and not be changed by it. Yes. And so I guess that's that's the other thing is that here we have south of the border this beautiful example of something that should never happen. If we're having a true and open experience with one another as humans, you cannot meet someone from Donald Trump's campaign or Hillary Clinton's or whoever is on that side anymore um, and not be changed by the experience. There's just there's there's just should not be any way that 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 shouldn't happen. So whether it's there's something new going on in the brains of humans be, for some some galvanization, or there's maybe we've gotten it wrong. But I I cannot understand in in my heart of hearts that every day a kid comes into the classroom, there there's no way that they're going to be the same kid they left they came in as right. Yes. And so why is it why is it happening it, it it shouldn't be happening on any other terms any other way either. I, maybe maybe no, I found it's, that. It's, line, it, no no it's uh, I think it's I think me going back and reading that I've I've watched your TED talk sort of experience through that um several times and one of the things that really reaches out to me in that is one one as an educator not not in the not in the panel that you are but working with some of the students that um i spend a lot of time helping them unwind the system so not only do they understand the circumstances of what brought them to me but then working with them to rebuild a little bit and mm-hmm. go go back into a system go back into a system. So a student that spends uh, an extended amount of time with me, they will get, um, they'll get the support of a, of a diverse teacher. They'll get the support of a CYW. And they'll also get the experience of being in a classroom that is multimodal and multidirectional. Like we could be on the computers. We could use manipulatives. We could draw on the board. We could use paper. We can create, we can destroy. Like we have a lot of opportunity to play with learning. And I've, I've had a couple of conversations with my students around this thing that we're doing right now, write it down, take a photo, get the scheme of it so that mm. when you go back to the school that you're going to, because some of them will be going back changed into an unchanged environment. So what really rung true in that is that sense of advocacy. So if I get a cool thing, I learn a cool thing. Um, I had a podcast with uh, an, uh, one of one of our colleagues, AJ Gonzalez, and she's mm-hmm. an alt head head uh, down in the south end of our, our board. And I observed her when we were both at the same school a few years back, and she did so. She jumped at every opportunity to be on committees, to help out, to learn stuff, to grad. Like she was everywhere. Right. And I asked her about that. I said, you know what? Like you had so much joy in that participation. And she said, well, I, it wasn't always joy, but it was commitment and it was grit. And she said, and I believed every single moment that I was connecting in those committee committees, I was learning something to bring back to my classroom and make the lives of my students better. Well, and, and that's the essence of a true educator is that it's this this constant learning that 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 sometimes gets administrated out of us mm-hmm. because you become these humans doing rather than than uh, this this living existence that also has the right to to learn and and has a learning style and 
And, you know, I, I've sometimes moaned in, in staff meetings. It's like, when do I get my IEP honored? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's, I've heard. Yeah, I've been in that conversation with, with other teachers, too. And they're like, oh, my God, another slide deck. Why didn't I get this ahead of time? Can I get the audio for this? Mm-hmm. Well, I've got to be thankful, man. My admin does uh, my, my admin does a bang up job organizing it that way. So they've they've obviously been receiving some some messages uh, from from above about those things and how to make PD relevant. And you know, there's no reason I need someone to read me that read their slide deck. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I do a presentation and it's almost like okay, I'm going to give you the link to my slide deck. We're going to just buzz through it and even like. Um, I, I presented at a university just before March break. I, I with all their faculty of education, uh, what walked them through the whole TED Ed lesson format, and, oh, and yeah. so that they would create lessons now to share in the faculty. And then I, I I didn't even get a chance to work with them on developing student voice for the TED Ed Club, but the the main thing was is to give them this tool in their hands that they could take lessons and and then share lessons and get it out of the mindset of that just as we said before no uh, nobody should have to monetize knowledge yeah right so i don't own it i'm in the business to share it right we all get paid and if if we're trying to monetize knowledge then then our our motives are are misguided it shifts it noticeably shifts yeah um it's i i like I had another thing that I wanted to ask you about the TED Ed, because it from from your perspective inside out, is TED a philosophy? Is it a is it sort of an artistic pursuit in, in learning? Is it um, is it an, an excuse to be sort of technologically connected? Because when we use the modern learning thing, we say, well, we use that technology thing to accelerate our learning. From the, from the inside out, without the jargon, what is, what is TED to you? Wow. Uh, you remember how we were talking about PLN and connectedness? Yeah. Uh, with? So well, the way I see it is, well, from I got, I got two perspectives. First okay. of uh, I'm kind of like the gra- one of the grandfathers of the TED Ed clubs in in the world because we hosted the one of the first ten when uh, they came out in 2013, and slowly and surely that um, you know I was able to provide feedback and and kind of next steps for them because they were taking a big bold move to put something together without asking for a penny for it. Mm-hmm. And so th- they've created this beautiful curriculum to share presentation literacy, which is if you if you see that you know you are a TED TED fan and watch TED talks, mm-hmm. that getting up in front of people is a is a modern learning skill and presenting something that's uh, engaging. The whole idea of ideas worth sharing or spreading is is it really a key thing? And there's an art to it. There's um there's a method to to it, and there's something encouraging about being able to to stand on that dot uh and and share an idea that you've worked really hard at um and you never know what it's gonna where it's gonna go and to to be able to offer that to students to develop a confidence that they have a voice in them that's worth sharing that's Mm -hmm. worth spreading and to be able to mine that out of them in a in a way that's very um 
non-pressure, uh, but it's rewarding. And I think that's that's part of the the TED Ed why I'm running my fifth or sixth TED Ed Club cycle, uh, and you know. It may just be to encourage the, the 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 kind of the passive introverted student to find their voice a little bit more, to be able to overcome the fears of of speaking in public, to be able to uh, look an audience in the eye and hold their attention, and develop uh, a sense of of purpose and place from something like that. I know my students appreciate the opportunity and it's awkward, it, it's it's messy. I mean, having done my own talk, I wish I could crawl into a hole and redo it again. I really do. I mean, it is what it is. I, I'm i not going back, I'm, ha I'm happy. It was the best one I could do at the time. But man, do I have a, a desire to, to, to go again. You know what I mean? The, yeah. It's like Tesla. If the rocket blows up, okay, we learned something. <laughs> so, <laughs> Profound. <laughs> I love Elon Musk for that. I'm Ooh. glad he's my son's boss. I'm glad. <laughs> it's it's just a it's just a and I said that uh, to my own kid. Right? There's you're gonna you're gonna fall on your face. It's gonna happen. How do you deal with it? And being in TED Ed is is this safe place, full of encouraging people that are so generous and i think that's where it goes back to my real my real love of it is that i'm in a place where i'm encouraged to be um who i am to uh share my ideas and and then i'm free to uh, go and encourage others and so what more could we ask for in education i get to do that in the classroom every day and now i, know, I get I'm to do that you know i mentor um a group of high school kids uh, through ted ed from zambia Hmm. You know, there's a group of uh, Korean kids that uh, I also connected with. Uh, um, there's teachers all across North America that, you know, Twitter message me and, and ask me questions. And so I kind of mentor them through through Twitter Messenger or through the group Facebook. Um, uh, the, there's a private uh, Facebook group for TED Ed Club leaders. There's, mm -hmm. you know, there used to be 10 of us. Now there's 2,000. Wow. So, but there's still... It's it, we're a family, and this innovative educator program that came along, you know, they mined uh, thirty of us out the first time, and they flew us to New York. We did PD and in TED offices, in in all sorts of um, uh, capacities, and we got to be uh, working with students for the TED Youth Conference, and it's just been a it's been an amazing ride so far. And I'm I'm only getting warmed up. I say it's like. I could do that on my whole vacation. Just go visit school after school and talk to them and get them excited about sharing their ideas. So that's cool. The um, just after your, I, I asked Royan the same question, because um, you, you two are the only two that I actually know that have done a TED talk. So I'm I'm curious about uh, your response to this too. So just after, as as soon as the applause happened, you've completed your TED talk. Soon after that, what did you notice? Was there anything new that you noticed? Was there a response that was brought to you? What's your most sort of like palpable memory of just after TEDx? Apart from what you've shared saying, I would really like to do it again, <laughs> um, which yeah. I get it for sure. That's the polish. That's the, I really liked it. That's the, I wish I had said that one thing slightly different or added this one thing. Mm -hmm. Apart from the self-editing part, what is the memory just post TEDx? Well, I, 
I think it was the, the being able to breathe because I th- I look at, back at that and I think for three months I basically held my breath while I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and and rewrote and had people look at it and and people who I really trusted and still trust uh, with my with my uh, speaking life that are TEDx organizers around the world and and you know I, I you know you're always your worst critic uh, in some ways and so I know that it was what I would consider, I had lots of positive feedback on it. Uh, this, the other speakers were very positive, but it was just that exhale that, that that's what I remember. It's like, oh my goodness, I just spoke for 15 minutes and I didn't read anything. I was just, I had 15 minutes memorized in my, of my life, right? And um, my message was, I got my message out because yes, I you went- did. I don't, and I think that even if you never watch my TED Talk and you just think of the title, that you don't need to watch my TED Talk. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I'm happy people do, um, but no child dreams of living on the street. I yeah. don't. That's my TED Talk, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's got the hook. It's that's got, it. It's I, at least I got the title. <laughs> <laughs> and then drop the mic. I mean, it's like I'm I'm out. Oh wait, let me say a few more things on okay, that. Okay, yeah. No, that was that was. You're right. You're right. It it has it has everything. It, it's an all in. Um, but I think it also has the it has the element of bait because it creates enough dissonance in somebody that hears that um, that they need they need you then to reveal what your um your experience that leads up to that because i think once you make it through that title it's like i gotta hear the story behind this you got you got me at you know i love you but i'm gonna stick around for the relationship like what is and i think i think that uh the approach to it was in so many different ways i mean i was if you looked at my drafts you know i had this whole thing about cowboys and indians and playing in custer battlefield and then it was like all over the place and and you know eventually i was like oh gosh this is just this is like six ted talks trying to escape in one (laughs) and so i really had to buckle down and that is uh if you've watched tim urban's uh ted talk about the master procrastinator. Well, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, Chris. I am just like that procrastination monkey. He lives in my pocket. He lives on my shoulder. Like I I loved his slides. I have to say, I loved (laughs) his slides. I think that was the first time that I will tell you, you give me the urban, which is totally cool. And then I will, I'll throw back on the table. You have to watch any of Reggie Watts, yes. uh, Ted, and and they had that. Those are the people that are sort of turning the TED Talk on its side slightly mm-hmm. and saying, "My message, my message will be clear if you can, if you are ready to receive it." <laughs> but that's totally true. The procrastination monkey, like I was like, that's perfect, and the drawings were so spot on. Well, he's a very good writer, uh, and I I do uh, remember watching those talks last year, uh, and I'm hoping to be able to get another link from my connection with the the folks at TED Ed to to be able to watch the talks live. They're all they're always asking you, hey, do you want to come to the the TED? You know, we'll we'll subsidize you, and you know, you can stay here, and they're always pretty good offers to go. 
Uh, but you know, it's during school time. So it's not like I can I go, go to the board. It's like, Oh, you know, I need a week off to go do PD with the most amazing people on earth who this year happened to be Elon Musk, Serena Williams. Last year it was, you know, Tim Urban and as an amazing, like Casey Gerald, uh, mm-hmm. Tim and John legend. And when Harrison Ford showed up, my friend sends me a picture. Hey, I'm partying with Harrison Ford. It's like, yeah, you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> So you meet some really cool people. I got to say, I have no business being around any of them for their total intelligence, but I'm going to encourage everyone to just jump right in uh, that there's room for everybody in, in that conversation at that table to be involved with Ted. And I think that's also something that it's, it's a, it's a welcoming group of people. Um, you know, and it just shows cause the board is gone. Uh, Ted Ed, uh, very, very positive. The West, they had me come and do PD with, uh, probably about 30 schools last year okay. through their West admin. And I worked with, uh, probably about a thousand people in the school board, uh, doing Ted Ed presentations and, and uh, working with whole schools and grade divisions and teachers, uh, it was it was really honored to be able to to get out of the classroom and and share that through our own school board with support. So that's cool. Do you got do you got time for one more question? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, that blog post it was called "A Future on the Edge." <laughs> that was what it was called, "A Future on the Educational Change." <laughs> that's. That's uh, I think I think I can almost read my scribble on the side here. Yeah, I think that's, that's what uh, that's what that post was with the Fullen quotes. Yeah, <laughs> so. I still I I I, I either I, it was it was that note in there that got me. They, like I said, the, the the changed person going into the back back into the unchanged environment. It's not into a new unchanged environment. It's back into the unchanged environment that hooked me. Mm. That's what sticks with me. I think uh, I was really throwing the music around in that one. Yeah, and it's here it is. It's um, I write, Fullen is no fool. He gets it. I get it. And I know you do too. Now what are we doing about it? Never send a changed individual back into an unchanged environment. What we need mm-hmm. are cultures which are established on the premise that current and future leaders learn in context. Mm-hmm. And perhaps my favorite quote from this piece is Einstein's definition of insanity. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did that. Started off with the Sex Pistols and then Dance Society. I, man, I was really rocking the uh, music in that one. So, well, that's I saw that you're throwing down. Yeah, no future. And I was like, this is this is a strong lead, <laughs> but I'll stick around for the relationship. I'll see. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we're going to take it to the bridge, and I'm going to see where the, if this gets sweet in the in the middle. Yeah, and it did. Like I said, I hit that quote. I'm like, that's what I was sticking around for. Because yeah. it started a lot darker, so yeah. So my wife you, was on it. She goes, "That's too many blogs in one blog." <laughs> that's that that's what she would it, say. That happens, eh? Yeah. That's that's usually my that's the main revelation that I get in my writing when I'm sort of throwing down on stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not that it's off track. It's that it's too chimeric. I've tried <laughs> to put too many pieces into one thing. And then the unfortunate thing is what I actually find happens. Are you a, a do you understand? Do you have you Doctor Who? Uh, I have never watched Doctor okay. Who. I can't. I know what it is. I know there's a TARDIS because I had a student that's, do his TED talk on it. That's that's all I need you to understand. <laughs> that the TARDIS in itself, when you look at it, is on the inside infinitely large. So basically, what I found was so I find that I'm smashing all these blog posts into one. You take them apart, and they origami out, and I'm like, "Oh crap!" Now I've got five of equal size, and it's just it's an 
Anyways, I it, I'm complaining about what I enjoy doing, which is the writing part. But it's just it's funny how, um, as to your TED talk having more than what you need, as to your first blog post having you know I'm just gonna throw everything at this <laughs> blog post. It's amazing when you feel like um when you have the compulsion to say and you have the compulsion to share, and you have that sort of willingness to connect. Mm-hmm. A lot of cool content comes out of that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's this it's this constant uh, as we say we're just we're just constant learners, we're purging. And I always say if I didn't start blogging in 2013 when I did or 2012, and I was just trying to get like guys like Roy on to read my writing, right? Mm-hmm. Who are these spicy learning blog or Andrew Campbell and you know, I really really look up to these guys. They're so smart and they're so con- they're just, you know, they're just smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and when they would give me like give me the time of day to read my blog, it, it meant a lot because I I knew I had to go through the process of scrapping it out, even if I only got five reads on a post. Yeah, and I had to go through that purge, uh, just like I say with my students. I can say to them, "Look, we all have to go through the purging of what we're doing, so we can get better." It's those those are the steps, and it it comes. I didn't write a Pulitzer Prize winning blog un- unless I keep writing. Yes. Right? I can't I'm not going to get published in Huffington Post unless I keep writing. I'm not going to get recognized uh just on resting on a good post. I need to be consistent and you know that's why I love when my wife gives me feedback on my posts or anybody for that matter. I'll take anybody. Um to say, you know, that there's just too many ideas in this. It needs to be like three posts. And so then I'll sit there and I'll, I'll chop it up. And that's good advice because I wouldn't have had that. I would have just thought, hey, this is the way I feel like writing right now. I it's- will say I will say flat out um, what drives me, what drives me to write and produce and to share and to put out there is one of the, my primary uh, it's such as it's almost a strange and it's a little bit of a choke me up kind of a moment. One of my primary things about doing this is I really do believe that in some way I'm making I'm making school better for my own children, like my my own two kids, my bio kids, not my students. I I get I I do that every day with my students. I right. find that these type of passion projects is that I'm putting content out there that in some weird way, I can't wait for my own children to go, holy moly, like I was sort of, whatever this point this is in time, I was going through iTunes and you have like a hundred podcasts on there. I'm like, yeah, remember you kept on walking in the room and sort of like, daddy, daddy, I need a glass of milk. Remember they're like, but we didn't know. We didn't know that like, that's yeah. what you were doing. Like I, I uh, and the second thing <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about that British guy and his wife come racing in with the two toddlers. Oh, that was good. Have you seen the other memed out ones of uh, Darth Vader? Oh, no. Yeah, there's one with he's Darth Vader and I forget who comes in grabbing the little Ewoks or something. Oh, that's funny. Um, The second thing, and it it plays into a little bit what you just said. Um, I think for the first time two weeks ago, my spouse, so my spouse is on, she's the, um, she's the drama head at Emily Carr. Nice. And, and she's on Twitter. She's there, but she doesn't, it, it isn't as in a part of her world to sort of do that stuff. She somehow came across one of my posts that I've been doing for Voice Ed, which mm-hmm. is um, that whole thing connected with On Ed Mentors and the radio show. Yeah, Stephen um, Hurley's the Voice you Ed. You got it. 
Yeah. So it was, it was a piece that I wrote about, I, I called being iterate and that necessity, exactly what you're saying right now, that creativity, which Ken Robinson said gets kind of learned out of the kids. And I was sort of mourning the loss of that, that I saw at high school, but really clinically trying to keep it in my own children's lives. Like let's, let's make something, let's draw something, let's go for a walk. And um, she read the piece and she told me she liked it. And I thought, that's all I need. That's all I need. <laughs> I need someone that close to me to say, you know, it's good. Keep doing what you're doing. I need, I need no other, I need no other feedback. I, I don't even know if I needed that, but it totally bolstered me just to keep doing what I'm doing. So that's your piece called Ed Yoga? I, yeah, I'm the Ed Yoga guy. I'm doing all those <laughs> Ed Yoga pieces. Nice. So, um, that's, how do you uh, know? It's, it's not coming up. It says no results found. So I'm going to have to go through it a bit. I can flip it to you. Yeah, for sure. Of course. I want to read it. Oh, yeah, there. Okay, now it is that. Fine. I'm on. <laughs> How do you know? Well, here's here's the last one I'll throw your way. When do you notice that the board has noticed you? You you're living of a, a very sort of like you're out there, right? Like you you make no bones about your connect connectivity. You're producing content. You're connecting schools and connecting to schools. When are you aware that the board's paying attention to you and what you're doing? I think it first uh, came to my attention when I got the invite to go to TED and it required a lot of hoops through uh, the support of RSO and mm -hmm. uh, my, my admin and the school board had to basically uh, you know, give me their blessing to take the week off after the March break. So, oh. uh, I, for an entire week, I had to supply plan, and and I was, uh, I knew that I had their attention when they sent their communications officer to chat with me on what my 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 talking points would be in case I get interviewed, and and I thought that was kind of interesting, and then. Um, kind of surreptitiously uh just this past year at quest uh i'm having a conversation with uh, anna de bartolo the former mm -hmm. chair of the trustees who happens to be a high school friend of mine from back in the day um and we've we've we kind of reconnected uh just in in terms of education now when i went to her i said you went to father henry carr and she goes yeah and then we just oh yeah and that was like old times mm -hmm. and and then um Leslie Johnston uh, says to me, oh, you're Will, the TED guy. <laughs> so she's got, associate director, right? Yeah, you've just been hashtagged. You're, <laughs> you're the TED guy. And yeah. pretty much uh, when when the DLRTs need it, need information like Kim Polishuk or Trevor Kirkster or, uh, you know, anybody from, from the DLRT world um, wants to talk about TED, they usually direct people to me. So uh, that's kind of when I realized I was recognized um, – other than that, you know, I got invited to be on a modern learning committee with Rick Rosman last year and mm -hmm. uh, provide feedback for that. Um, being able to work with Shadi Yazdan on the whole inquiry-based learning project uh, two years before that and, and working with um, Lisa Donahue. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just, just always being – you know, available and going to those ed tech conferences, just like you putting your name in. And so I guess that's, that's uh, the long, short answer of it. That's cool, man. That's cool. And, and it sounds, it sounds satisfying. Like it sounds like, um, there, there are, there are, you know, one or two people, maybe, maybe 
five, six that will come across this podcast. And my hope is that in some way, I'm a firm believer in, in sort of going for the PD that you want. And I also fully accept the fact that sometimes that means you're going to have to explain to the board why it's valuable to them. Absolutely. And I'm, I, I buy that. I, I, I drink it up because I know that in order for me to stay interested in my own career, I have to suss this stuff out. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. And it's also why I found so far that um, the board has done very well to support my my learning needs. Staff meetings, slideshow presentations notwithstanding. But when I am pursuing my personal interest projects, I've always found a way to have a conversation to be heard and to, to kind of get what I'm looking for. So... I wrote a blog post called Teachers Need to Get Away from Each Other Once in a While. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I, Again, I wrote it for Adfo. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't need that done. And no child in grade one dreams of living on the street. <laughs> you, the, the master of the one, the edu liner, the edu one liner. That's what Twitter like, does for you. Yeah, totally. Eh? Like you have people just like, Man talks the truth. Like that's, uh, I'm, I'm gonna get. The, I could get that almost in a tattoo, right? Just as my my new mantra. <laughs> oh, it's. I got my hand slapped a bit for writing it because it was on the. Um, it was from the Etfo, my Etfo blog, mm-hmm. and I just put the link in the, the Twitter message just now, and um, <laughs> it was like I had to defend it. It's like. Yeah, we need to get away because what good is going to another education conference to be hanging around with teachers, just as you say, and not and not really broadening who we are with yeah. with everybody out there. I don't want to just hear another bunch of edu babble about IEPs and da da da. Yeah. I want to get out there and get get the real taste. Like that's even why South by Southwest education is not even interesting anymore. It's just a sales job. You know, what's E2? Okay. E2 is maybe a little more hands-on technical, Um, you know, going to conferences where, where there's engaging ideas and, and broadening understandings, I think is really the, again, that's why I'm drawn to Ted anyways. Like when we met at the TEDx boss, the youth event, it was Mm -hmm. great. You know, that was real ideas worth sharing. Right. Yeah. And I also found if if there and in my own personal pursuits, if I'm not getting dissonance at the table, then I'm not I'm not seeing I'm not fully understanding my own values and I'm not exploring the edges of those values. So if I arrive in a place where everyone's talking the same talk, of course, that's comfortable. But then I become quickly uncomfortable with the fact that I didn't need to be there to get that. Mm hmm. I can get a whole lot of comfortable just by following only one person on Twitter or just reading one blog. And I've said this to other people as well, that some of the most valuable PD I've done is coming from areas that are not in any way directly associated with education, but speak to the heart of education and the experience of education. So, and it's, and it's slow coming. It's on the fringes, but every once in a while, those things pop up at PD and you see people just glow. They're like, that was cool. It somehow makes me think about my teaching. I'm not sure how yet, <laughs> but I'm totally like, you know, they're kind of in this state of slightly euphoric, like that was not like the regular PD we get. So 
Well, we get to these, um, I, I kind of begged off going to conferences for a while, like education conferences. Like I didn't go to BIT. I'm not going to Can Connected. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's only so many keynotes, you know, telling me stuff that I haven't heard before. So why would I want to be in that and not, and God bless the organizers for putting out their time and all that. But why would I want to be there where, where we're trying to process uh, so much, but we just keep we just keep getting it recycled through that someone's mm-hmm. going to say the same kind of edu edu slang through the whole the, um, over the last few years. So I, you know, I, I begged off going to quest and even though I missed Refrans Davis, who is probably the one I did want to catch. Oh but- dude, her talk was awesome. I was at, I, I heard her. Sorry. Sorry mm-hmm. to sort of put that nail in your, in your, oh, no. talk. it was a great she's talk. family. She's family. She's a Ted ed, uh, innovative educator as well. So she's, uh, we're connected through um through that so that's it's not yeah she's the bomb i tell you uh a go get her a single mom does a whole thing man she's she's you know white house and all yeah but. she's she was pretty cool i've sent her i've sent her a couple sort of love notes through twitter just saying i'm still thinking about your your <laughs> conversation at quest mm-hmm. and like within five ten minutes she's like you know thanks you've totally made my day like and and in it's funny because you make connections with people like i will tell you flat out i'm still such a fanboy of you and even asking you to spend time with me right now i get it i get it we're colleagues i get it we're gonna pass in the digi halls we could pass at a conference we're edu brothers edu brothers i love that (laughs) and um and it's funny how when i receive a, a note back from ram friends like i said within with, with within a couple of hours, you realize that these people are accessible at a human level. They're not just their posts. Yeah. And that is so clearly and so honestly what I look for in the digital connections. Like I have to close that loop to feel like, well, you say family. I'll, I'll agree with that. I think I'm I'm still the crazy uncle a little bit. I don't know <laughs> if I've been fully welcomed in. You but are. that's what I that's what I crave. I do crave that 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 um that tether, that sort of energy where you know that you're not just standing on the doorstep anymore. You're actually, you're welcomed in. Well, dude, so. you better just acknowledge it that you're part of the family. And, you know, I know you worked hard and uh, for this and you're, you're, you're just modeling it so well. And, and your enthusiasm is, is what's going to, you know, carry you through so, so, uh, you know, very far. So just keep that Thank in mind you. is that, you know, I'm a fan too. And, uh, you know, I, I'm cheering you on, uh, from, from afar. And, and, you know, when we cross paths, it's, it's, we're going to hug it out. Cool, man. I love it. I'll step in. I'll step in first. A real one. It won't be the bro hug, right? Well, then we're all on it. It'll be a full chest bump. All go. right. Well, well, you know what? Let's. I've got a story to tell you sometime, but I can't talk about it on air. I have one as well that I want to share off air afterwards. Okay. okay. So, uh, Will, Will Gurley, thank you so much for spending time with me. Um, where could people find you if they want to reach out, they want to connect, they want to ask you anything, anything at all? Where would you like to be found? Uh, I can always be found at uh, Will Gorley on Twitter, and that's just W I L L. I think that's two L's. G O U R L E Y. And uh, if you want to post that link anywhere or the my About Me page, uh, I'll share those links with you. And oh, well. uh, feel free to watch the first uh, second of my TED Talk, which is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell the great one to do it. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I kill your, my your likes, your likes just spiked, right? There it's you go. Tre- it's retrends. That's awesome. It's so funny. It's just, it's just a, it was a humbling experience, and uh, I would do it again over in a heartbeat. And 
Um, I know that there's another three or four in me, and we could talk about uh, Pechachka as well. And, and now that we've done that together, I can't wait to hear yours. And yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that. There, there's a whole process there in the background to getting that, um, getting it posted. Eh? I've mm-hmm. I've seen on the on the site they're adding sort of just it looks like page structure. At yeah. some point, I'm guessing that that uh, that audio will be on there I, again. Just just to that, my spouse came and saw that, and that was the second time that she had ever seen me in action, sort of blathering about my thoughts on education. And again, it was that she's like, "You're you're on the right track," and I was like, "Okay, thanks. That's all I need. Thank you." I, yeah, I appreciate what, that. isn't it oh. nice we have such uh, supportive spouses? Because I got to say, my my wife has put up with. Uh, all of my education nerdery, all the times I've spent here doing PD, doing AQs, studying, you know, debating whether I'm going to become an administrator, you know, the, all of these things, you know, when, whenever I tell her I'm changing schools, she, she's, um, you know, she's supportive. And in fact, I'm going to, I'm definitely on the move this year. I, I'm, I'm not ready to, to uh, announce yet, but uh, I'm, I'm moving schools, uh, start a new school. <laughs> Do you want me to delay releasing this podcast? No, no, all? my management okay, okay. knows it's all that, but I haven't. Uh, it's not. It's not totally official, but I try to move schools every two, three years because, you know, just to keep keep flowing and keep learning from people and and keep maybe iterating uh, staff rooms and and changing yeah. staff rooms and trying to open up spaces so that people feel that a real a real closeness uh, to each other and, and a kinship as educators. So. Um, you know, there's more than just uh, receiving a degree in education, uh, and I and I've never I've never believed otherwise. That's very cool, man. That's very cool. So, so I will I will bid you good night on that then. All right, brother. And uh, it was wonderful talking with you. I look forward to the next time. I will tell you. Remember the original pitch for this is I wanted to talk about future school. Uh-huh. I'm we? so glad we got to it. <laughs> But I did on my notes here uh-huh. for next time. Okay. For next time. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a deal. All right. All right. Uh, all right. So um, I'll say good night to you. And uh, yeah. if you want to chit chat, uh, holler, and then uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to call it a night myself uh, for now, and just sure. go and sit with my wife over a little bit of sherry. Perfect, man. <laughs> Have a fantastic evening. All right. Thanks, Chris. Good night. Thanks for checking out Chasing Squirrels Podcast. You can find more episodes on iTunes. I also help my kids out with their podcast, which is called Trail Mix. That's also a part of the Chasing Squirrels Podcast collection on iTunes. If you choose to check me out on Twitter, you can find me at Chris J. Clef. And I also have a blog on Blogger that is of the same name, Chris J. Clef. Thanks for spending time with me. 